Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. In 1996, two siblings from Belgium had an unexpected alternative hit that sounds unlike anything else from the era. The single, Not an Addict, caught fire and became an international hit, grabbing the attention of even Alanis Morissette, who handpicked the band to open for her on tour. Beyond diving into the track and the band, we forced Matt Kelly to make some of his own K's choices in this fun and informative episode. So Matt, we're here today to talk about Kay's Choice, and I was thinking to myself, maybe I should make Matt make some Kay's Choices himself. <laughs> oh no. I, <laughs> I, I thought to myself, these could be like a Kelly's Choice. Okay. I tried to think of the hardest things for you possibly to have to choose between to make your own Kay's Choices, and this could possibly be a future feature of our show, if, okay. if this is okay. good. So- Matt Kelly's going to have to make some cage choices right now. Between these two things, you're going to have to decide which one of them remains as a thing that exists 
And one of them would have never existed. No okay, one so this is ev- like a Sophie's this is like a Sophie's choice, but it's a Kelly's choice. Got it's it. a case okay. choice. It's a case <laughs> choice. I'm gonna really hit you hard right off the start, too. Oh, no. One of these things will have never have existed, and one of them gets to remain existing for eternity, okay? All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Weird Al. Ooh. Or the Muppets. Ooh. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with the Muppets. Wow! Wow. I can't wait to tell Matt Milligan, and I, I love that you have a Weird Al podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> and now- I still don't have a Muppets one yet. I'm working on it. And now, <laughs> thanks to your case choice, Weird Al no longer exists. Okay, Does Weird Al's exist. gone. You ready for your next case choice? All right, I'm ready for the next case choice. Christmas mm-hmm. or Halloween? Christmas. Oh, Don't even geez. have to think about that one. Wow. Uh, okay. Good vibe. I love the good vibes of Christmas time. Halloween, whatever. It's just a day. I, I like the horror movies more than I like the holiday. Wow. Well, we'll get to that. Okay, you ready for your next case choice? I'm ready for my next case choice. Your DVD collection mm-hmm. or your CD collection? DVD collection. Buy CDs. So so the reasoning on that one, again, is that I am aware that most of the CDs I can find digitally. Maybe 10% of them I would never be able to find out in the wild again, and that would be like a sad loss. The DVDs, there are so many films and TV shows that I can still only watch on DVD because they're not available on any type of streaming site, that that would be a way bigger percentile loss in my mind. Okay, okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh Uh-oh. Or (laughs) Scream. Oh, no. (laughs) I literally was, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, as long as he doesn't say Scream, it's going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) Shit. Oh, my God. So for listeners who don't know, like the the reason why this is so difficult to me is, A, Scream is the movie that I think made me a horror movie fan. And I think it is one of the best horror movies ever made. But I think that there isn't even a competition that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the greatest horror movie that's ever been produced. Well, one's not going to exist anymore. One's not going to exist anymore. Much like your CD collection, Halloween, and Weird Al. (laughs) Weird Al, yeah, you pick. Um, I'm going to keep Scream. I'm going to keep Scream. I rewatch it more than I watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) See ya, ya, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, goodbye, Leatherface. I mean, I you know, maybe I'm doing the world a service, though, because the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels are way worse than the Scream sequels. So one hit thunder. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Or horror movie night. (laughs) Don't tell Scott and Kyle. (laughs) Oh, wow. But I think I'd keep one hit thunder. Wow, okay. I like that answer. <laughs> I'm a big horror movie night fan. I listen to every episode. When we're recording this, you just did The Crush. I listened to it today. I listen to every I don't even I've never even seen ninety nine percent of the movies, but I listen to you guys anyway. So I wouldn't want it to go. But apparently you want it to go. Scott, Kyle, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Do you like these cage choices so far? I'm the, Now they're getting stressful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're, it's going to get more stressful. Uh, you ready for another cage choice? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> 90s grunge or 90s ska? I need to know what bands are the toadies or Kay's choice, are you putting them in the grunge category or are they in the alternative rock category? Like, are we talking just grunge like I'm losing most of the Seattle sound? Yes. You're, you're losing Pearl Jam. You're losing Nirvana. You're losing 
Anything you pilots. know is grunge. Yeah. I'll keep 90 ska then. Wow. Okay. <laughs> See, I have a stronger attachment to the mid 90s alternative than I do like the early 90s grunge. All right. So you're keeping the 90s ska. So bye, I'm never keeping... mind. See you. Goodbye, never mind. So long, facelift by Allison Chains. Goodbye, 10. Yep. No more 10. <laughs> I need my five iron. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We got a couple more cage choices for you. Tooth and Nail Records. Okay. Or Drive Through Records. Oh, tooth and nail. Okay. That's that's not even up for debate. I thought you had like some sort of like uh drive through affinity. No, I mean there's drive look, I'm not gonna say that I don't like drive through. Like drive throughs had some really great songs, but I mean tooth and nail, that was like seven years of my life was buying every single thing that Tooth and Nail released. But I am sad because I'm losing Socratic, which is like one of my favorite bands of all time. But Wow. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll take that loss. Well, are you ready for another case choice? <laughs> oh, no. Scrubs or Community? Oh, Scrubs. That, I oh, mean, my God. I love, I love Community, but Scrubs is my, that is my number one favorite. If you wanted to see me sweat, <laughs> it would have been Scrubs or Daria. That, there would have been oh, some, wow. I would have been sweating blood. <laughs> I would have been so stressed out. But I look, man, I think that Scrubs had a perfect run. I think Community had three amazing seasons, a really bad fourth season, kind of got back to where it should be in the fifth season. And then just like that Yahoo season is so like great episode, bad episode, great episode, bad episode. It's a very uneven final season. All right, Matt. So you got it down to these eight cage choices. I can't wait to see what the final cage choice is. Muppets oh, no. versus Christmas. <laughs> oh, no. This is so much worse. Uh, Muppets. Uh, uh. Wow. You like Muppets. You eliminated two things you do entire podcasts about. Okay. Bye-bye, Christmas. Sorry, Jesus. Sorry, Santa. Your DVD collection or Scream? Uh, uh, I'll keep the DVD collection. All right. Bye, Scream. One Hit Thunder or 90s ska sorry chris i'm oh, going with no. the no keeping my five iron frenzy you've eliminated <laughs> you're eliminating all your podcasts <laughs> a bye podcast we're on literally right now tooth and nail records or scrubs scrubs okay we got our final four muppets or your dvd collection muppets Wow, that's a lot of DVDs. I I know where this is going. I already know where this is All going. Gone. Keep going. 90s ska or scrubs? <laughs> scrubs. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> and here we go. The final case choice. What will survive? The Muppets or Scrubs? Uh-oh. Matt is standing up. Oh no, he has a Kermit. <laughs> he has a Kermit hat on. <laughs> Wow, Muppets survives all. I mean, I knew you liked the Muppets, but Jesus Christ. You literally <laughs> like the Muppets more than Jesus Christ. You eliminated <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> all right, we're like 12 minutes into this episode. I guess we should talk about the band case choice. We should talk about the band case choice just a little bit. Chris, um, we recorded an episode that's actually going to come out after this one. Okay. But your, your complaint about the episode that we recorded, no bass player. Mm-hmm. Well... The Patreon gifted you with a song that the first two minutes is almost exclusively just some bass and drums going on mm. with some vocals. Right. I have to say, just to kick this off, because this was one of my two picks, and I've put this up for the Patreon voting for, this is probably my third or fourth time. 
There's been a lot of chatter in the Facebook group about Kay's choice. I think that this song is low-key one of the most underrated 90s songs. This is one of those ones we're going to call in the question because like, the chart history is not exactly a hit by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. But I think that this song, the the lyrics, the vibe, it's such a strange and unique song to be a radio success to me. Mm-hmm. I had never I'm, heard this song before. Okay. What did you think when you heard it? I thought it was all right. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, it didn't really leave too much of an impression on me. I mean, I listened to it an hour ago in preparation for this episode a couple times along with a bunch of their other songs, and I already can't remember it. Oh, see, and this was one where I had heard it a ton on the radio as a kid, and then it kind of like vanished out of my head, and then uh, there was a brief period of time where I was like a bar DJ. I don't know if you know this about me, but I was like a bar DJ for like a couple months. Um, and they would send you these like promo CDs in the mail. So it'd be like, hey, here's like some of the new singles that are coming out by these different artists. And there was like a piano cover of this. Mm. And I was like, not an addict. Why is that name so familiar? And I and I listened to it. And then like this song flooded back into my head. And I would every once in a while, I would like listen to it. I would check it out. But I actually never owned the album until the last time I was in Pittsburgh. I found it at the CD warehouse that yeah. uh, that's by your by your place. And I've probably listened to this album since then, which was November, like seven or eight times. I, I It is wow. like very quickly becoming one of my favorite albums. I don't know what it is. I just think that there is this very strange vibe about this song. And vibe is like the word. I think that, that this song is a vibe. Like the fact that this song wasn't used in something like Requiem for a Dream because I think it perfectly sets up like the song is called not an addict it's about struggles with drug addiction Mm -hmm. and i feel like the music fits that vibe of just being in this like bottomless pit (laughs) of like struggling with it and you know it starts off with that very iconic just like uh uh, like vocal thing before Mm -hmm. just the bass and the drums slowly kick in there was a live version of this song that I found when I was doing research where Kay's Choice is playing this live, and this is maybe five or six years ago. The lead singer, Sam, doesn't even walk up to the mic until the second chorus because the whole crowd is just singing word for word the verses to this song at the band. I'm always charmed by songs that have that power. Like that those songs where like the lyrics mean something just to the people listening to it. And I do I'll just be sitting in my car and I'll I'll think about this chorus. The like it's not an habit, it's not a habit, it's cool. I feel alive. 
If you don't have it, you're on the other side. I'm not an addict. Well, maybe that's a lie. And like this idea of just like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain the the feelings that this song brings to me. But like, this is one of those songs that when I put it on in my car, it's like crank this shit up and I am fucking screaming along with the chorus when it hits. Like mm-hmm. I, I have such a love for this song and now this band, like I want to dive into more of their stuff. You know who else loved this band, Chris? Alanis Morissette? Alanis Morissette, who saw them at a European festival and insisted that they open for, in 1996 and 1997, that is Jagged Little Pill era right yeah. there that she's taking this band on the road with her. Yeah, she, yeah, they also toured with the Indigo Girls. Hey, I one thing I'll say about Kay's Choice, I believe Kay's Choice are the only band or musical artist in general that I know from Belgium. Yeah. I think they're the only ones. And in fact, Matt, I looked up a bunch of bands and artists that are from Belgium. And I'm like, wow, I've never heard of any of these. I got together a bunch of bands from Belgium, but I also made up a bunch of bands from Belgium. And oh, I wanted no. to see, I wanted to see if you could tell which ones are real bands and which ones this are ones that I made This is the game show episode of One Hit Thunder. <laughs> I'll name a band. You tell me if they're a real band from Belgium or a band that I made up. Okay. Girls in Hawaii. Made up. Nope. That's a real band from Belgium. Okay. <laughs> a popular popular enough that they come up when you search bands from Belgium on Google. They're okay. one of the top ones that come up. Girls in Hawaii. Mystified. I'm going to say real. Nope. I made that one up. <laughs> <laughs> You're over two. Oscar and the Wolf. You made that up. Nope, that's a real one. <laughs> You're over for three. Oscar, Oscar and the Wolf is a real band. Puggy. You made that up. Nope, that's a real band. <laughs> How are you this bad at this? You're 0 for 4. <laughs> Strawberry Hairpin. I'm going to say that's a real band. Nope, I made that one up. <laughs> <laughs> You're 0 for 5. Dude, I don't know if you could ever get one. <laughs> Movable Blade. See, here's the thing that I'm trying to do. The game that I'm playing at this point <laughs> is do I think Chris would come up with this band name or not? I'm going to say that that's a real band no, name. No, it's fake. It's <laughs> you're, you're seriously 0 for 6. This is incredible. I thought you would accidentally get one eventually. How about the Black Box Revelation? I'm going to say it's a real band. You finally got one. Uh, one for God. seven. How about a couple more? Aborted. I'm going to say that's a real band name. Yeah, that's a real band. Okay. Two for eight. Intergalactic Lovers. You made that up. Nope, that's a real band. Son of a bitch. Two for nine. <laughs> We're going to give you one more. Pelt Bumble. I'm going to say real band. Nope, that's a fake one I made up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Two All for right. ten. You're 20%. So, yeah. <laughs> the the bands that are real bands from Belgium, Girls in Hawaii, Hoover Phonic, Os- Oscar and the Wolf, Wallace Collection, Puggy, Brutus, Enthroned, The Black Box Revelation, The Radio, Intergalactic Lovers, Aborted, Front 242, and Gorky. (laughs) Well, it's clear that Belgian bands have some crazy names. Kay's Choice, in comparison, kind of tame. Did you read the story of where the name Kay's Choice (laughs) came from? Yeah, they were the choice. And then... (laughs) There was some other band called The Choice, and they're like, well, we got to put a letter in front of it. And K <laughs> sounded the coolest. K sounded the coolest. Did you also read the made-up version that they gave uh, in interviews for a while? Because they felt like that was too lame of a story? No. 
they said that it was a reference to Joseph K., the main character from Franz Kafka's The Trial. Gotcha. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why are you my facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. So so what else can you tell me about Kay's Choice? This song wasn't really a hit, right? It, it wasn't a Well, I mean, yes and no. So it was ranked as, uh, according to Billboard, it peaked at 59 on the Billboard Hot 100, which is not much. It peaked at number five on the alternative charts. But at the end of the year, for the overall radio play, Billboard had it as the 31st most popular modern rock song of 1997. Um, it was sandwiched in between White Town's Your Woman and yeah. Counting Crow's Long December. Wow. So it did all right. I did sit down and write down what the top 10 modern rock songs were. Of 1997. U2 at number 10 was Staring at the Sun. Don't even know that one. At number nine, uh, a song that we've covered on the show, The Verve Pipe, The Freshman. Mm, bad song. Okay. Number eight, U2 Discotheque. I kind of remember that one. Yeah, they were bo- both those songs were on the pop album. Okay. At number seven, Garbage, Number One Crush. I don't even remember that one. That was for the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Okay. Uh, you'll know the rest of these, though. Number six, The Wallflowers with One Headlight. Okay. Number five, Smash Mouth with Walking on the Sun. Wow. 
Number four, another one we've covered on here, Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping. Right. Number three was Sugar Ray Fly. Mm. Number two was Third Eye Blind, Semi-Charm Life. Okay. And the number one song, we haven't covered it yet, but we will one of these days, Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy. Wow, Sex and Candy was above Tub Thumping? For the number one modern rock song of 1997. Wow. Um, I, I mean, I think that this song being right underneath Long December by Counting Crows yeah. is an achievement all in itself. It is one of those songs that I, I definitely think has fallen through the cracks, uh, kind of got lost in the sands of time. But it's also one of those songs where more often than not, if I'm talking to another person my age who grew up on alternative radio who start off with i don't remember that song and then i send them the link and they're like five seconds into this i absolutely remember this song (laughs) like i i don't know what the deal is but this is uh, a band that at the time were uh a a brother and sister but now uh the lead vocalist has transitioned so it is a brother band uh, Sam is the vocalist and there was an interview that I did pull up with Sam talking about what this song is about and Sam said the song's content originates from Sam's previous experiences on drugs and his view of substance dependency he explained that he was addicted to cigarettes and experimented with acid and mushrooms but never tried any real hard drugs fearing that they would make him lose touch with his self-control but he went on to explain that the song is neither a pro-drug or an anti-drug song. Uh, He expressed worry that fans of the song would maybe start doing drugs because of the subject matter, (laughs) but also revealed that the track isn't anti-drug either, saying that at home there's a lot of debate about the legalization of soft drugs like pot and to separate them from the criminality that sometimes surrounds the harder drugs. It's an issue that's neither black nor white, and that is the same case with the song. And I do kind of get that vibe. Like, I don't think that this song is really stating one way or the other, but more just, I'm going to use the word vibe again, just capturing the vibe of more than, you know, they talk about like a band that you uh, absolutely love, Alice in Chains. They talk about how Alice in Chains' Dirt is a is a heroin record. Like it's just a song, of, it's all songs about heroin. And when I listen to that song and I think of what I've seen depicted as being on heroin in movies, those don't connect to me. Like the music of Alice in Chains and heroin doesn't connect to me. This, however, like this song feels like someone nodding out. <laughs> like, like it's it's this kind of hypnotic, repetitive vibe. I think the lyrics are amazing. Um, the second verse specifically, the deeper you stick it in your vein, the deeper the thoughts and there's no more pain. I'm in heaven. I'm a God. I'm everywhere, but I feel so hot. Like... <laughs> It's, it's, I don't know. I, I think it captures like, hey, I'm feeling pretty good because I'm on this shit. But also there's like a lot of bad stuff that's happening simultaneously because I'm on this. I thought you were going to tell me that Sam was addicted to shrooms, which, oh, yeah, w- no. which would be a really awesome thing to be addicted to. Might as well face it. You're addicted to shrooms. <laughs> that's the, that's the, the edgier Weird Al parody who no yeah. longer exists because of case. Yeah. Choices. Thanks a lot, man. But yeah, so this song kind of didn't, it's so funny. It. I, I appreciate that like music can be so subjective where like this song to me is a song that I would possibly put in like my 50 favorite songs ever recorded. Jeez. And like, you and you were just like, eh, <laughs> it was fine. This really is case choice. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, I got to tell you some more things about Belgium. Okay, <laughs> let's learn more about Belgium. That Belgium is where Cage Choice is from. Um, did you know that the national symbol of Belgium is a peeing boy? No. It's a boy who's peeing. That's their national symbol. And it's the name of that symbol is Mannequin Piss, spelled M-A-N-N-E-K-E-N space P-I-S. Mannequin Piss. We got the eagle. They got the peeing boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, which would you prefer? I, mean, I think I would boys, go with peeing boy. <laughs> the peeing boy sounds... Well, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like when you see those like fountains, it's like a boy peeing. It's kind of like yeah. definitely a weird thing to see. It's kind of... I guess it's normal. I don't know. Um, B- Belgian men are actually the second tallest in the world by average. Really? Bet you didn't know that. Who's number one? I don't know. <laughs> Belgium <Gross>. was the <laughs> you gonna find out? No, I'm just I okay. expected so much more from you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you what the what there's who the first one of the is of this next one. Belgium was the world's second country to legalize same sex marriage. All right, so progressive. Yes. I dig uh, it. Do I know who the first one was? <laughs> who was it? The Netherlands. Oh. Speaking of marriage. The Belgian divorce rate is the highest in Western Europe. It's around 70%. Wow. I'm curious what the United States is. I think it's around, it's more than 50. Yeah, I would say more than 50. I'm not sure if it's all the way up to 70. No, I don't think it's at 70. Maybe like 60 something? Like right in that. We're just just guessing. Yeah, we're just just spitballing here. I know it's at least 50. Um, I'm going to look. I want to see, I want to (laughs) know. Here's one that you might like. Belgium has more comic strip artists per square kilometer than anywhere in the world. It's the birthplace of the Smurfs and the adventures of Tintin. Pretty nice little fact for you. The most comic strip artists. Uh, The town of Spa in Belgium is where we get the word spa. It was Europe's (laughs) first modern health resort and casino, La Redoute. I don't know if that's how you say it. Opened in Spa in the 18th century. Um, Matt, maybe a, a future destination for you and I. Belgium hosts the world's largest electronic dance music festival called Tomorrowland. Belgium is also the birthplace of Audrey Hepburn, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Liz Claiborne. And Belgium is the world's leading exporter of billiard balls. <laughs> uh, also, just for those who are curious, uh, according to, uh, to, to Google... Uh, almost 50% of all marriages in the United States will end in divorce or separation. Researchers estimate that 41% of all first marriages end in divorce. Gotcha. So kind of lower than I expected, actually. Yeah. Yep. But all right, there we go. Uh, the population of Belgium, by the way, is 11.59 million. The population of Pennsylvania is 12.96 million. So Belgium doesn't even have as much of a population as our home state. Well, I got to send some apologies to case choice if they stumble if they stumbled upon this episode they're probably learning so much what do you mean they probably already know these things no, they're from there they don't know these things <laughs> i will say that there was not a ton to be dug up actually on the bed case choice but you know credit where credit's due i do want to talk about this a little bit so the band formed between the two brothers uh they started with the name the basement plugs but immediately attention was drawn to Sam, Sam's vocal style and singing voice. And Sam got offered a solo contract. But as soon as Sam signed the contract was like, I'm forming a band with my brother. Uh, And that's where 
Kay's choice came from. Now, like, Not an Addict was like a huge international hit. They toured with Atlantis Morissette. They toured with the Indigo Girls. Um, and they continued to be fairly popular overseas. Uh, they even appeared in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as themselves performing uh, in the like little club where they would have different bands there. And they released a couple albums before going on a hiatus. Uh, they did some solo music uh, as the two separate brothers. And then in 2009, they came back together and they've been releasing music ever since. They just released a new single just two months ago. So wow. they are a band that is that is keeping it going. And I just think that that's an important thing to factor in when we eventually get to the Thunder Blunder portion okay. is that they are still going. You know, I uh, like case, that. You know, I like them lifers. I know, I know you love the lifers. But, uh, you know, I... I I had no, there was a point in my brain where I was listening to this album for the like eighth time and I was trying to, trying to depict, in my mind, you were either going to absolutely love this or absolutely hate this. The middle of the road was not one of the things that I thought would happen with it. (laughs) I, I just, I just didn't find it very memorable. Yeah. That's all. That was my, no, I think that that's fair. And I, and I think even as much as I love, this whole album, uh, Paradise in Me, not an addict to me is the standout of it. Like I understand why this was the lead single. I understand why this did as well as it did. I don't know. It walks this weird line. It's like kind of an alternative rock album, but then other elements of it, it's almost like a folk, like so- singer songwriter type vibe. That's like it's probably it kinda, where it loses me. Yeah, like is it walks this weird aspect. line. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That's not really your. Folk music is definitely not your vibe, as, no. as I've learned. I don't know. I just, the the bridge, everything about this song, I think, is so perfectly constructed. This is, if there was ever a song that I could dream being on an episode of Krista Makes and hearing it be, like, meticulously analyzed and hear the story of, I think it would be this. More more than any any other song to me, because I well, I'll just... Reach out, I'll reach out to Sam. I'll keep my indifference about this song to myself <laughs> and see if I can make your dreams come true. I just, you know, I, I think that in 1996, like think about all these songs that I just named, right? Marcy playground, sex and candy, like semi charm life, tub thumping, walking on the sun. Like these are songs for the most part that like right out the gate, like that is the song. Yeah, I mean, like literally, semi charm life just starts with a drum fill that just goes right into like do 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 do. Like pretty much every one of those songs, it kind of just gets in there and does its job. You know what I mean? Like, I think the idea of you're you're signed, you're about to put out your first single, and your first single, the full band doesn't even come in until almost two minutes into the song. Like that is a that is an interesting, risky move, and the fact that it worked <laughs> and like did well, I think is is really different. That seems more to me like a song that would be like a fan favorite, right? Like the fans who bought the album were like, "Oh, this song's so cool! It's so different." But like all of us secretly know, like it, like only in dreams, right? Like no one ever expects "Only in Dreams" by Weezer to be like a radio song because it's you know, four minutes of like a very slow baseline before it even picks up, but it's a fan favorite song. Like to make this a radio hit, like a, even if it's a minor hit, just to have this on the radio 
regularly enough that it's the 31 most played modern rock song of the year is pretty wild. Yeah. I I just can't believe I never heard it before. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in this era and I don't know this song. Was ninety seven but but where is ninety seven in the like too cool for radio? Yeah, this was right stage. in this was yeah. right in there. But I know all the rest of those songs. But I think the rest of those songs were also way more in they were either way more in your face or they were counting crows, which was a band that you had already accepted that you loved by that point. Yeah, true. So what where are we landing on this then? I mean, I'm obviously a thunder, but the the pressure's um, on you, Chris. Um, I'm going Thunder purely because of the stick to and the fact that you like it so much and the fact <laughs> that it gave us this great new segment for our show, Case Choice. I'm innovative and dancing and I'm beast with the grill. The Shishko Bobs will be blazing till the party is filled. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophelios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Greatest Party Ever off the Punchline album Delightfully Pleased. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and news. We're on Patreon now. Become a patron and get bonus content, early episodes, and a chance to vote on future episodes at patreon.com backslash OHTpodcast. Do you want to start a podcast? Well, contact Chris or myself at WeKnowPodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. The Scrabble boards are shining like sequins in the sea. The Wi-Fi network is slamming for us gumps on TV. The world is spinning and there's no way to stop it. We can't avoid it, the future's here. listening to the Geekscape Network. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>